2: hey friend oh, steve here and larson and welcome back to going in raw the only pro wrestling podcast you gonna be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash steven larson and available wherever podcasts can be found we're also found on the patreon at the 20 a month patreon mark don't rush me i'm doing my There's thing a very man. important
3: thing we need to say five years ago Today, oh, that's
2: today,
3: Sunday, the airing of this show. Wow, first episode of going in raw. Everyone up,
2: September twenty second,
3: twenty fourteen. Five years ago. Wow, who'd have thunk we'd make it this long? My, I certainly didn't.
2: Certainly not me. We should reach out to Dan like today and see if we can get something up by yeah. Saturday. Some sort of thing with us. That'd be fun. A five year, and we or at least a clip show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, this is of course Matt Chat. We've been doing this. Five years Five now. Five years now. And that's, uh, that's a pretty crazy thing. Time just absolutely flies. Of course, this started off, the first year was like just monthly pay-per-view shows. Yeah,
3: we did. They were kind of pay-per-view reviews, and it was, the idea of it was, hey, you're going into Raw knowing the latest what's happening. So yeah. it was like a, it was an hour-long Raw preview show, essentially. <laughs>
2: and it's still no wonder raw preview is my favorite part of the week Could be. it harkens back to our origins exactly that's funny uh so thank you everybody for being with us if you've been thank with you us for much. five thank years you, thank, you, thank you since going back to 10 for the win or just over the past week or two yeah who knows thank you very much for sticking yes by thank
3: us. you thank you thank you very much kind of crazy uh
2: so we do have some questions with regards to that but first of course, we're going to talk about some pro wrestling. Of course. Uh, Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Guion, has a question. Let's see what he has to say.
0: Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Guion Halili, back with another Matt Chat question. This week,
3: I want to know, simple, with Raw and SmackDown
0: kind of switching things up, getting a little bit better, are things, uh, creative-wise, looking up for the WWE, or is this just a temporary
3: thing that they're doing to try and take steal buzz from
0: um, AEW. Um, Will things go back to being crap? Uh, I don't know. Just have a discussion. Let me know what you guys think. Too sweet. Party handshake. You guys are amazing. Later.
2: Thank you, Guillaume. Thank you, Guillaume. Yes. I think if you take a look at where we were at the beginning of 2019, uh, if you look at... The, the, the reactionary uh, McMahon shakeup, the I mean, there's been, there had been so many panic moves. And since McMahon sort of handed the reins off to... McMahon went through his normal per, uh, parade of panic moves, even uh, to the point where we weren't having any wrestling take place during commercials. And so everything had to be either two out of three falls match, elimination where they restart the match, it was it was desperation and i do feel like with the hiring of paul Heyman as executive director in raw and to a much lesser degree eric bischoff as executive director of smackdown i think we have seen um i'm not going to say it's been a creative renaissance by any stretch of the imagination but raw has been uh a lot better smackdown's been uh, a pretty decent also Um, I do think that we have turned a corner. That's not to say things can't fall off a cliff. I am cautiously optimistic about the upcoming draft and the idea of two brands that basically do not interact. Maybe we can get back to the yearly Survivor Series thing or Mm -hmm. brand warfare, whatever it was. Um, So maybe we can get back to that. I am excited about that. It seems like uh, at least uh, the first appearances uh with brock on smackdown maybe as like an actual fixture who's there not week to week a couple weeks to a couple weeks uh and then on the other side raw uh if you got rollins the fiend Braun there i think we might see uh some improvement even more so than we've had so far i'm gonna say yes things are looking up it's wwe anything can happen It, it, it could fall right apart that's that's you know that's obvious uh, but I'm going to say, yeah, we've turned a creative quite It was so bad, and it's not so bad anymore.
3: I'm going to say maybe for uh, several reasons you said. You're right about ever since they brought in Heyman to a far lesser extent, Bischoff, the shows have been, raw more so, better. Um, that being said, I'm going to say maybe because, as you mentioned, in, in WB, anything could fall off the cliff seemingly any moment is up to Vince's whims. Sure. Um, while Heyman has seemingly improved the quality of of the creative on Raw, over on SmackDown, we keep on hearing stories of how Vince wakes up Tuesday morning, looks at the script, rip, starts over again. That's not an atmosphere for creative stability. Now we've seen, we've heard about some moves, uh, Ryan Ward uh, stepping down or being removed from the spot as head writer of SmackDown, Ed Koski's in charge over there now, along with Bischoff, um, so there still seems to be a degree of upheaval happening over on SmackDown, Whether that's over or not, I don't know. But with that level of instability over there, I can't say with certainty that yes, at least on the blue brand side of things right now, creatively, they're in good hands until I know exactly what kind of rhythm the creative team is getting into. Right over on Raw, it feels like Heyman is getting into a decent creative rhythm. Rawless last week was pretty good. Week before that was pretty good. Um, it's it's, It's still a wait and see thing here. Short term, yes, seems like things are getting better. Let's see if they can sustain that through the end of the year, Mm -hmm. leading up to Mania. And with this new deal with Fox, of course, Raw still on USA. If they can build to actually a really interesting WrestleMania and have their top show of the year, get some eyeballs on it, because not just because they're bringing in outside stars, because the quality of the creative is really good and there's some interesting matches, then maybe we can talk about, yes, they've turned the corner. Mm. But I think it's a,
2: a large degree too soon to tell. Yeah. Next. Next, B-Man. Patrick Sparks, the B-Man. Yeah. Let's see what he has to say.
3: Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right, so with the draft coming up, my question for you is who's going to benefit the most from moving to a different brand? Men, women, tag teams, um, everybody, really. And then who is going to not benefit from it at all? And it's going to hurt them and put them in a lower standing. What do you guys think? Thanks for Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. All right, I'll tell you who's going to benefit most, and that's NXT. Triple H said in one of his interviews he's done recently that he doesn't anticipate any NXT talents being drafted up to the main roster during the draft in a couple weeks. About a month, sorry. Uh, which is great because NXT today is making the move to USA. They need all hands on deck.
2: We're filmed this past last Wednesday. Is what yeah, 18th. We filmed this, this on Wednesday. Wednesdays.
3: Um, they need everybody there to make the largest impression possible uh, to take on AEW in the new, uh, well, Wednesday Night Wars now? Um, and if NXT were to lose any of its star power, uh, it, would, it would be a disservice to the quality uh, product over at NXT. Um, so long as they, NXT doesn't lose any major players, so long as the roster more or less stays intact, they're gonna be a massive winner. Um, everything we've heard so far is that there's not gonna be a whole lot of upheaval on the Raw and SmackDown rosters post-draft. So I don't expect any massive sweeping changes. That could all change, of course. Uh, As far as who's going to benefit least, I think we saw that on Tuesday. Kofi Kingston is in the midst of a pretty good world title run. It seems that's about to come to an end um, at the hands of Brock Lesnar. Uh, It's going to benefit Brock. He's going to be on TV. He's going to be champion. He's going to be collecting fat paychecks. Uh, Kofi I think they've done a pretty good job and I think he's done pretty much everything he can do to really establish himself as a worthy legitimate uh, world champion which is kind of what his whole story's been about anyways and I think they've done a pretty good job of of telling that story Um, my hope the hope is is that if Kofi loses on October 4th on the first Smackdown on Fox they'll circle back around to that story maybe at Mania, maybe some other pay-per-view, or he can get another shot at Brock and maybe get that title back. So I think that'd be massive for him. And if that happens, happen. then Kofi won't be on this list of those who benefit, at least from the draft. I'd be kind of shocked if that happens, though. Kofi's had a great run. Um, he's had the belt about 160 days, so about five months. Um, by the time uh, October 4th rolls around, he'll close in uh, about the six-month time frame or getting close to it. Uh, it's been a really good run. Uh, But
0: that's the first name that really
3: uh, uh, popped in my head as far as someone who would benefit the least.
2: He's probably going to
3: lose his world title.
2: Yeah, he's definitely going to. That would have happened sooner or later. It would have happened with Brock anyways. Um, As far as would it have happened this soon, that's probably doubtful. Um, But I will say this. uh, Brock Lesnar is definitely the person to benefit most from this. Fox obviously wants him. He likes money. He has, as usual, all the leverage. Did you know that this is going to be the first time Brock Lesnar has had a match on television? Fifteen years. Since his initial run with the company. 2004. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and not surprising. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, he's going to benefit more than anybody. They're immediately going to put that title on him. And then uh, maybe maybe Roman will have a shot at taking it off him. That's pretty much the only name I can think of, though. Um, so there's that. Uh, hopefully, they can build some good stories around other contenders that feel legitimate. I think they could totally do it with Kofi. Whether or not they will, uh, I have no idea. Um, I mean, generally, I, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know what Fox is looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who will benefit least? Uh, as I've alluded to, everybody else in the SmackDown men's division. Uh, I think that Universal title is probably a bit more fluid. Now, it used to be the other way around, uh, but the Universal title over there on Raw uh, I wouldn't surprise me if over the next 12 months, names like Braun Strowman, maybe Drew McIntyre if he when he returns from injury, maybe if they give him some more time off so his return is more impactful. Uh, the Fiend, I think, might have a good chance at winning at Hell in a Cell unless there's some sort of interference from somebody even bigger than both those guys. Uh, so things what on about Raw.
3: King Baron Corbin?
2: Get, yeah, Baron Corbin. He could have that universal title easily, and I think he probably will. Um, over there on SmackDown, though, the the most prized possession will probably end up being the Intercontinental Championship, assuming that stays on SmackDown. U.S. title is on Raw, uh, in which case that's going to be sort of the title for the guys that we really like. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, everybody else is going to have to wait. Excuse me, my goodness. Wait it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're going to have to do until Brock actually wants to retire from pro wrestling, perhaps. If he does. I don't know. Anytime soon. Yeah, so... Up. There you go.
3: There you go. Next from Gatlin T. Mm.
0: This is the Firefly Funhouse's newest puppet, Gatlin T. And I've been going back and forth with my friends here a lot here recently over me trying to get them to watch professional wrestling. And they keep coming back with the same thing. Why would I ever watch professional wrestling? So I want you guys to answer the question Why on God's green earth do we watch professional wrestling?
2: Thank you, guys. Too sweet and hearty handshake. Thank you, Gatlin T. Thank you, Gatlin T. Why do we watch pro wrestling? Uh, I think for me personally, it, it boils down to a couple different things. I think that the I, – I am a big lover. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to claim to be an historian, but I do appreciate history – and the history of pro wrestling uh, especially here in america i know it sort of splintered off pretty early uh, but the history of pro wrestling here in america is a fascinating fascinating bizarre one and so the tradition of pro wrestling is something that endlessly fascinates me and the lineage of pro wrestling to get to where we are today keeps me involved in the product whether it's good or bad Um, the athleticism the way that uh, in pro wrestling every time you think you've seen it all Some new talent, uh, some fresh matchup, some fresh way of telling a a story in a match uh, uh, continues to set the bar higher and higher. There doesn't seem to be a peak in terms of uh, singular uh, talents. Like I thought I had seen everything once I saw Rob Van Dam in the ring uh, and then uh, 15, 20 years later, I saw Kenny Omega and then I thought I had seen it all. Um, and so I think they continually, people continue to push the limits of what could be done, not just athletically, physically, uh, but storytelling wise, I think the, the concept of storytelling in the ring is one that absolutely fascinates me. How two men can basically simulate a fight, uh, that can tell any number of stories ranging from dramatic to comedic. Um, that keeps me enthralled, uh, the, the, the juxtaposition of just how silly, uh, pro wrestling is with how dramatic it can be endlessly fascinates me. Um, so yeah, it, it combines a lot of genres or I'm sorry, a lot of features from genres that I find appealing from comic books to, to, to films uh, to uh, sports. Uh, it, it combines all the stuff that I kind of appreciate out of those things into one very strange, very unique, very American uh, thing pro wrestling that's sort of a nebulous answer but that's my
3: answer no I don't, I don't think you're, you're I don't think you're being that vague I think uh, what appeals to pro wrestling in the, in the most broad sense is storytelling Yeah, I mean humans like to see stories unfold whether it be on in, in a, a, a motion picture screen or television mm-hmm. listening to them on the radio or podcast these days mm-hmm. reading them in books, comic books where the case may be uh, we like to hear, read stories um, and pro wrestling, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a bizarre uh, storytelling medium, but it's a storytelling medium nonetheless. It's, it's the only one I can think of that combines uh, high athleticism like you'd see in any other professional sport, elite athleticism in some cases, with highly dramatic storytelling. We just don't see that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the hallmark of, of, of pretty much any great sports telecast is that they try to create narratives about the athletes who are participating and the way that the the story is unfolding in the game, which they have no control over. So they can enter into, and that's why you have these people paid huge dollars to be analysis on ESPN or Fox Sports whatever, because they're uh, in advance of the game, advancing potential storylines and during the course of telecast, advancing those storylines. Here's the thing though, since they have no control how the game plays out, they can spend, Weeks and weeks prepping a storyline for a game only for something to happen so that storyline doesn't come into play at all.
2: LeBron versus Kobe is a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up being Kobe versus Dwight. Yeah. Yeah. Should so, awesome nine, I guess. So, th-
3: there's countless instances where that happens. You go to a, you watch UFC. A lot, a lot of what UFC does in terms of how they frame the fights, they so desperately want to be pro wrestling because yeah. they want to create these storylines going into these fights because. Yeah, two people in a cage fighting each other that can have some excitement. A lot of times it's pretty dull. Mm-hmm. But unless there's larger than life personalities involved in stories, mm-hmm. there's nothing really to catch you. Yeah. I mean, like we watch uh, a, a, clip, a compilation of, uh, what, I, if, I think it was in Russia or something, the, the slap thing. That's great to watch for five minutes. But if you tell me sit down, you'd sit down and watch that for three hours, at a certain point I would stop caring. Yeah. Because there's, I don't know the stories of anything going on there. I just don't know the stories. Yeah. So for it, it, when you get down to it, it's just about storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's modern myth-making. You got, when done right, interesting stories told in a really creative manner uh, featuring feats of exceptional athleticism. Um, it's, it's a storytelling form unlike any other. And, uh, you know, I, for a number of years, and I think this is not so much the case now, there is the stigma about it being fake. I mean it's 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 choreographed, it's like dance. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like how you block a scene for a movie. There's they're they're working out the beats of the story they're telling to elicit emotional response. Mm-hmm. So it's all about storytelling. Yep. next got a question from rich
0: rich friendos rich the smash bro here with a quick
2: match Check question notice what time it was try to get home quick so this may be a late if it is i apologize but run it anyway anyway we all know that aj styles kept the title last year through the game release with becky on the cover of the game this year do you think her run is going to last until at least survivor series since the game comes out at the end of october and Hell in the sells at the beginning of october and if you see her keeping the belt, how do you see her Hell in the Cell match with Sasha going down? So just something I had to think of really quick. So yes, and don't yell at me for driving. I'm driving I'm driving very slow through a low speed limit area right now. So take care, friendos. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich.
3: Yeah. That seems to be the pattern we've seen thus far is when someone is on cover of a video game if they have title they have title to last release of video game granted she shares the cover with Roman uh, Roman does have any belts right now um, I don't I mean I'm not gonna say it's an impossibility that she's gonna take an L and lose that belt in advance of the game's release I'd be kind of surprised though
2: what day does the game come out 22nd okay yeah now she's gonna lose that title um, it has nothing to do with the video game I think that the math on the video game kind of It is thrown off by Roman Reigns being there. I think this year is a little bit different than prior years. Um, I think that Becky is still going to be a major featured player. In WWE, going all the way to WrestleMania, where the Four Horsewomen will main event in that fatal four-way. I think there's going to be a lot of great twists and turns, and she's going to be prominent amongst all that stuff. She's still a huge, huge star. Well, as you said, Roman Reigns on the cover. He ain't got a belt. I don't think it's necessary. I think that the inclusion of Roman Reigns, number one, there's a lot of math being busted these days. Baron Corbin just proved that by getting his hands all over that throne and scepter and, uh, and, and hat. Uh, yeah, that's not a risk clock. Huge dollar marketing uh,
3: budget math, though.
2: No, that's fine. But uh, the bottom line is there is not really uh, there's nothing that dictates champion must keep their title as long as as long as that person who's on the game is still figuring prominently uh, in storylines, and it's not like they don't have like EC3 on the cover of the game. Then I think that they can. I don't think that one has to do with the other. Um, so yeah i'm gonna say i think becky already has she's got too much history having been made for the title to be a thing like it's one thing when aj had it he was during he, he was in the middle of a, of a title run that i think broke some sort of record in the modern day at least i think didn't he break like cm punk's no no but didn't he do see well it was over a year so yeah that it was was a little a bit deal. over a year but yeah.
3: cm punk had it for over 400 days yeah
2: all right well whatever um I don't think, I think that AJ Styles wasn't exactly a history maker. And so, you know, he had the title, they kept the title on him. And uh, I don't think one had to do other. I think that Becky Lynch, uh, main event at WrestleMania, she's probably gonna main event next year. She's one of their biggest stars with or without the title. Uh, she could totally lose that title. And I think uh, Sasha's probably gonna take it off her at Hell in a Cell. Uh, she's got the advantage. She's been in Hell in a Cell before. She's going to use that. Here's a thought. Now that we have
3: Heal Sasha, maybe uh, her fortunes will turn in that she can only win the title at pay-per-views but can't defend it on TV. Mm. So here's a possibility. Mm. Becky loses in a strong showing at Hell in a Cell. They have the rematch. I don't know, a week or two later on Raw. Becky wins it back. Before just, the game comes out. I just, I wonder. And then wonder, another match at, well, I guess the virus series the next month, so probably not then. But after
2: that, Sasha can get it back. I just wonder if they're going to be able like, if, if, if they do want to, and this is, like, way early and not, we're just, we're, we're speculating more than anything. Uh, the idea of the four horsewoman doing a, a fatal four-way with the distinct brand split that is solid. Um, I'm assuming they could use Survivor Series to catapult it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would they really, how would they do it? I'm really curious to see how they're going to pull it Yeah. That one. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, she's totally going to lose it. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, Christopher Rappersod has a question about King of the Ring. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Steven Larson. Rocking the new shirt today. You know, rocking you guys today. So my question is, was the King of the Ring tournament was a good thing or a bad thing? Like it was predictable that Baron Corbin ended up winning. Obviously, I am very happy for that, and I think it's funny and all that. But the matches, you know, the weeks, you know, the tournament was this the greatest? Like, was this did it live up to? Like, did we really need this tournament? Or could it have been much better with you know bigger stars, maybe better matches and stuff? Like, you know, Baron Corbin won. He was already pushed as a big deal. Like, who, who did this really benefit? Other than Barrett Corbin.
3: Thank you, Christopher Rampersa. Thank you, Christopher. Steve.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was great, man. I'll it was be, great. I'll be honest with you. Um, I thought it was good. I thought that we had... So, okay, listen. WWE is never going to put on their version of the G1. That's not going to happen because the G1 is just a grueling 24-day spectacle uh, where these people like just kill their bodies and they can kind of take some time off doing tag matches after that. Um, WWE doesn't work that way, so that wasn't going to happen. That being said, we had career matches from Elias and Baron Corbin during the course of the King of the Ring, which is something we never thought we'd see. Um, completely okay, so it's funny in how predictable and yet unpredictable it was that Baron Corbin won because at the very beginning, I think both of us were like, Oh man, Baron is probably totally going to win this thing. But we never actually thought that was really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you and I both picked. I picked to going into it uh, Drew. Drew. And, and picked you Kevin picked Owens. Kevin Owens. I think both of them bowed out in the first round, didn't they? Yeah. Then. So we have that. Um, and then even after that, I picked like three more people before I ever thought it would be Baron Corbin. Even in the end, I figured it would be Chad Gable. Um, so I thought that it was booked very, very well. It 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 threw us for all sorts of loops. I think it did make a star out of Chad Gable. Um, They have to continue that momentum, but I mean, given what happened this past week on SmackDown, I think they're they're doing that so far. So that's good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I I was I was a big fan of this year's King of the Ring. I hope they do it annually. I think it'd be awesome.
3: No, everything you said is right. Um, it was great fun. Basically, I think about every King of the Ring match got fifteen or so minutes they let every ep- every match breathe they let every performer showcase what they can do it was almost as if uh one or two times on episode of raw SmackDown, you got a pay-per-view quality match Mm -hmm. because that's what they basically all all were Mm
2: -hmm. um there were some exceptions i think there was one like oddly short match and i forget what it was yeah i
3: mean all of them were spectacular but vast majority of them they gave time were pretty good um we saw career defining matches from elias Mm -hmm. from baron corbin star making turd from chad turn not turd turn from uh chad gable (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs)
2: I had a star-making turd (laughs) earlier today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So,
3: all in all, I think it benefited everybody that was in it. Um, I kind of like that King of the Ring isn't necessarily the the most star-studded affair. You got some major names in there, and then you get some some undercard wrestlers in there that could pull off an an upset or two. People that really need that rub, I think it really worked out for everybody, and I, I do think they made the right choice in picking the most entertaining possible winner of King of the Ring, with Baron Corbin Good Without a doubt Good uh, Next from Cult of False Reality
2: From I hope From his new apartment Yes
3: What's good Stephen Larson Cult of False Realities here In my new apartment Here for Matt Chat
0: And my question Is simply this Now we've been hearing about Oh this person Going to WWE Oh this person Signed to AEW
3: And blah 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 But my question is What Superstar, or what upcoming indie person doesn't need WWE, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, none of these big places. Like, who just is good where they are? I could see Walter just not being in NXT UK because he doesn't want to come to Maine, but I feel like he could have been someone who could have just been on the indies making a good life. But who else could you think of? Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. Thank you. Uh, when I heard this question, I thought of one person, Joey Ryan. Yeah, he's sure. He's made a career, basically, out of not any needing any organization. Um, he's made a, a fine living for himself in the independent ranks as one of the co-founders of Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I wonder how pivotal
2: he feels his time in TNA was. Because he know. was there. Yeah, for a couple of years. And he like did like the, year s- or two. the sleaze stuff there. Yeah. But I wonder if he thought it was like... Like, I wonder if he experienced a big uptick in exposure or yeah I have no I'm kind of curious about I don't know that. but don't know. it's that's the right answer yeah um and
3: by all accounts he seems like he's more than happy continuing on wrestling in the independence uh get, being involved in bar wrestling um he's he's made a a really good career for himself. Not going really anywhere except for that short little trip in, in TNA. All
2: right, my answer is going to be somebody who actually did need WWE and WCW in uh, New Japan to uh, get them where they are today. At which point, they don't need anybody, and that's Y2J, Chris Jericho. Think about it. That guy has his own cruise line. He's got his own, uh, his, own cruise line. <laughs> his own his own rock star band. Uh, he was just an ace of spades here in town. Yeah, man. He doesn't need anybody. Uh, so I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. I was at the gym the other night and on the TV on TNT, they were showing, I think they're doing like a week of Tom Cruise or something. Interesting. Because two nights ago, it was like Jack Reacher. And then last night it was, uh, whatever that space movie it was he did. Uh, and, uh, like every commercial break, there was an AEW on TNT commercial. Yeah, and you know, whose face was front and center. Kenny Omega. No, nowhere to be found. actually. Cody. Chris Jericho. Oh. Chris Jericho's all because why? Because he's the biggest star they have. Champion, too. And he is their champion. So uh so yeah, Chris Jericho, he doesn't need any of these companies. He could do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Uh so yeah, that's my answer. But I mean in terms of historically, who hasn't needed anybody? It's Joey Ryan. Come Joey back. Ryan. Yeah, it's very impressive.
3: Next, got a question from Stephen M. Hey, everyone knows, excuse the mess. I'm just a the MMA train and a goose to my knee a bit. But so I want to know what is the best multi person match? Is it a triple threat? Is it a fatal four way? Is it a fatal five way? Is it a six pack challenge? Or is it a final finals? What is this? Each of you pick one and just tell us why it's the best and you can't have the same. So, two, sweet. Hardy
2: handshake. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. All right, Go ahead. man. I mean, it's obviously the Royal Rumble. That's what it is. It's the Royal Rumble match. Because there's like 30 surprises or, you know, you like, oh, who's going to come out next? I mean, usually no know who's going to come out first and last. But like in between that, you get know, like 28 surprises. It's great. Sometimes they do these giant rumbles in Saudi Arabia, like 50 people. And that's great. That's even better. It's greatest. So it's the Royal Rumble. Uh, you get great surprises like uh, Titus O'Neal falling under the – did they do a three foleys one year? In like, 98 or 99 mm-hmm. or something, we got three mm-hmm. Foley's. Mm-hmm. That's very clever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's totally Royal Rumble. Give me a break. Or it's FMW's death match on the floating island thing. That was a tag match, wasn't it? There's mm-hmm. four people in it, right? That wasn't a tag match. What are you talking oh. about? That was just like chaos. Everybody, like, bludgeoning themselves, and they got sickles and stuff. Oh, that was great. All right. Anyways, what's your stupid Oh,
3: answer? heck, I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go to the, the uh, Ray to Reyes match in uh, AAA. <laughs> Okay, yeah. It's kinda oh, like
2: man, yeah. It's okay. kinda
3: like a Royal Rumble, but you can pin some people too. No, that
2: was the, that's the Copa something, right? Oh
3: Copa, yeah. Ray Reyes is great too. Yeah. All those crazy multi person matches they have in Triple A. Yeah. That's great stuff. It's the
2: the what is it, Copa Triple Mania, something like that? Yeah, that was that one, but also
3: Ray Reyes. It was a multi person thing.
2: Which is the one that has the little fire thing that has the Oh, that one. was a Copa. Yeah, they, give me the Copa. So if you win Raider Reyes, you get a giant sword.
1: You can do this when you angie that.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The
3: Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of
2: Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Next up, Blake Esta has a question about our anniversary. Oh, yeah.
3: What's up, Steven Larson, Blake Yesta, Matt Chats, resident radio DJ checking in now. Congratulations on five years, guys. Well-achieved accomplishment. My question is, what's the first memory that pops out to you over the past five years? Whether it's good, bad, funny, whatever it may be over your past five years of doing Going In Raw, what's the first memory that comes to your guys' minds? Congratulations once again on five years. Looking forward to five more. Y'all have a good one.
2: Thank you, Blake Esther. Thank you, Blake Esther.
3: So uh, I thought of one of your answers. Uh but I'll let you talk about it since you have it listed here. okay? um cause uh, that was pretty cool. uh huh? Not very often you get a, a music superstar that buys you a beer. Oh man, that's pretty great. I know get a chance to talk to him. Uh, the one thing the first thing that popped in my head, I think is that was the feeling i I the where I felt like we actually really made it, yeah, like we were established amongst our peers as 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 their as our equal, yeah as an equal. Uh, Internet darlings. Yeah, okay. uh, Brian Zane was, was kind enough to invite us out to be part of his panel uh, WrestleMania weekend three years ago. Um, and it was, it, I felt like it was really the first time maybe that we were, were really hang out with our contemporaries, our peers, and it was cool. We got to meet uh, a lot of people um, who were in the same field as we are. Um, and it, it was – like I said, just it was when I felt like we just we made it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like we were in just a couple of uh, uh, lumps sitting in your would be dining room. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about wrestling to to nobody, just talking to a camera. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a good turnout. Uh, we got to meet a lot of uh, awesome friendos after the show, and it was it felt like kind of a precursor, a precursor to what we would later experience at All In, Double or Nothing, and uh, all the
2: other uh, events we've been to subsequently. Uh, So that's that's a great answer, because I agree that like it was, you know, we had seemingly as many people there to see us as there were to see some of the other people up on that stage. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Uh, Similarly, I think I think for me, though, it was more like, what can you and I do without anybody else, without any padding of the panel, if you will, just you and me? And for me, it was Friendo Fest, this past double or nothing, mm-hmm. uh, StarCast, uh, where we had we were hoping, hoping to get 10 people to show up to our live show, mm-hmm. our live review, and one thing that we're decent at is promoting ourselves, which mm-hmm. is odd because we traditionally haven't been good at that. But, like, we pushed Friendo Fest. Uh, we turned what was simply a live podcast show into an event And by God, we had like 60 people show up. And mind you, to get from StarCast to the place where Fest was held, it's like either a really long walk or like a short drive. Uh, It's a short but potentially complicated drive. Yes. So like people had to go from wherever they were to come get to where we were. Yeah. And we still, like we got there and there were people there and they kept on coming in and kept on coming in and kept on coming in. And then at the end, we went out there and we took pictures of everybody. And to me, that was like, man, we did this on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say FriendoFest Fest, when I really realized that, wow, we can actually make a living off of doing just this, it was uh I mean, one person's tragedy is another person's uh you know, bounty, I guess. But when when uh, that first video we did uh of it was like an emergency news brief thing where Paige had been arrested or something in Vegas, I yeah. think uh some shenanigans. We got it up as soon as I think I was on vacation when we recorded it because we did it like via Skype or something.
3: We did a lot more stuff remotely back then than we do now.
2: Why? Well, yeah, I know, but I think I was literally in like LA or and that something. That could be. Uh, so we stopped what we were doing. We, we recorded it and uh, and we put it out there. And then like it just, the numbers started, started coming in pretty mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh man, wow, that's that, like people are starting to know who we are. Yeah. That was kind of cool. And then this last one I'll mention is. Uh, NXT takeover uh, when we were in uh, Orlando. Orlando, we were walking towards our chairs. Our yeah, we were chair, trying to find our seats. Yeah, trying to find our seats, and we were stopped by uh, international uh, superstar recording artist Wale. Yeah, that was awesome. And he was like, "Hey, Stephen Larson." We we're like, "Hey, Wale, what's going on?" Yeah, and uh, he was like, "Man, I'm a big fan of you guys." And then like he was sitting a cr- like near us. At takeover, and he was like, "Hey, Steve Larson, you guys want some beers?" Yeah, of course, Wale International Superstar. Sure, it was like the coolest thing. It was yeah, like, it was "Pretty awesome. man, that's kind of yeah." We kind of we kind of are doing good for ourselves. Yep. So uh yeah, all that stuff was really really good. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of feel like, so during the ten for the win days, I always felt that to a degree, like we had we had our our fan base and, and our view and our, our our videos would do really really well, mm-hmm. and we made a, a career on it then. But I always felt that, like, community-wise, we're very niche. Yeah. Within the scope of, like, other Machinima properties, other YouTube gaming properties. I always felt that we were kind of riding the coattails of, like, inside gaming. Yeah. Because they were obviously the popular ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, if there were fans left over, we'd sort of, you know, they would be like, oh, cool, we like Steven Larson too. Yeah. Um, We definitely had the people that did appreciate what we did, and so many of those are still with us today. Uh, But I do feel like we're sort of... Where I wanted to be back then, like we have several different communities across different platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really amazing spot to be in uh, after putting honestly a lot of work into this. Yep. So yeah, it's it's really cool.
3: Yep. Uh, I got some text questions next. First from Taco Dan. This is what it is. Almost thought it was a video question for a second. Hey, friendos, happy fifth anniversary. Power rank, all the wrestling trips you guys have gone on since the start of the channel. Cheers, guys, and here's to five more years and beyond. Thank you, Taco Dan.
2: Uh, go ahead. So as a joke, this is my number one. It's a performance center. Last year, I got to go by myself. <laughs> no, that's messed up. I was really bummed out you weren't there. But shout out to Tony Pizza Guy. Uh, who just started a, a Deadlock, yeah. the pro wrestling site with uh, uh, CM Pulse, yeah. with James Darnell. Yeah. Because uh, he held that camera for my Undisputed air interview. And
3: yeah, he, go, check, uh, go check out Deadlock. He's
2: just a terrific guy. Yeah. Both those guys are. Yeah, both um, are outstanding. So that's sort of my joke answer. It was really cool, and I did feel really guilty because you were at home. Um, but uh, I'm going to say, for me, double or nothing, because we did Friendo Fest. The show was great. Met up with a bunch of Friendo's. Uh, so what f- was of Fest? Kind of our meetup that we did there. Yeah, that was that was our that function as our meetup. We yeah, also had yeah, Starcast. We had a good time there. Yeah. Uh, and then then I'd say that so that's my number one. SummerSlam 2016 was my number two because 2K brought us out. It was the first time, like we did interviews with like wrestlers. Yeah. And it was nerve wracking. Oh yeah, and we were not very good at it. No, but we got all those great intros that we still use today. Yeah, uh, and once the like, aside from our performance in the interviews, the experience of being there, like we hung out with the Game Attacks Craig, yeah. in the luxury suite. Yeah, uh, it was it was fantastic. Like yeah. that to me, it was. And we we're in New York. Like yeah. who doesn't love that? Uh, and then I've got, and then I've got all in. Uh, because that was also the kind of thing where we did all in, and that starcast was amazing. Yeah, like we had so many people coming up to us, and then we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and had a meetup there. and I, I was surprised by the turnout there, we had like 20 people show up yeah, there. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, a couple of people stiffed us with the bill. Uh, <laughs> and then when 2K brought us out to the WWE archive, mm-hmm. that was really cool, that was pretty neat. Uh, and then uh, main the Mania 34 trip, we had Internet Darlings, we went to a WCPW show. Um, I had a miserable time at WrestleMania, which is why it's so low on this list for me. But everything else
3: about that week it was awesome.
2: Everything else about that week was great.
3: Uh, tops for me is all in. Um, double or nothing, I'll talk about a bit more, but all in. just just Something about StarCast that year felt way more intimate. We were just sitting there hanging out. Oh, what? Guess what? Best friends sitting next to us. Got to chat with them for a little bit. That's Yeah, that that's gotta, StarCast was better. Got to chat with Chelsea Green was awesome yeah got offered donuts to joey janela and punishment martinez good story stone cold et was there yeah that's true he was missing from uh Starcast that's in vegas we met tim spulak yep yeah. and we got to meet I'm might you mentioned that a lot of friendos we hadn't
2: nice. met before yeah this awesome drawing of yeah top notch in mecca yeah from one i forget what is his name on here see his name. And while there wasn't the singular
3: event like Friendo Fest that there was a double or nothing at, at All In, I felt like the weekend, it was just an incredible experience of meeting people, yeah. taking a really good show at All In. Um, just top to bottom, a great weekend. Got some great food there, too. Some mm. Chicago-style pizza. Oh, man, Chicago yeah. dogs, some Italian beef. From a food standpoint, that might be the top top trip we've done so not far. Not even, yeah, not even close. Uh, next for me was Manion 34. Uh, going to WrestleMania is probably the least... Uh, Least Joe, a part of the whole weekend, but just taking in all that wrestling,
2: being part of the Internet Darlings uh, 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 panel. Yeah, I'm sorry I was such a miserable <laughs> at WrestleMania. Wow. <laughs> I was miserable. I know, though. That's fine. You can be that stuff. It out. was a long weekend. I understand. <laughs> but like, we
3: were doing we were doing all right for ourselves, money wise. And so we ponied up and made sure we had good seats for everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, we had incredible seats at TakeOver, had uh, decent seats at Mania, had good seats at the Raw after Mania. Uh, just all in all, a really apart from Mania, maybe a really fun experience. Uh, then Double or Nothing, Friendo Fest was a blast. Starcast was a blast. Double or Nothing was a great show. Uh. Even the travel aspect of it wasn't too bad. Driving back and forth from Vegas. So oh, cool. I
2: know that was one of my that was one of yeah. my favorite parts of it. That was actually a lot of fun.
3: Playing uh, roulette for a couple hours with uh, uh, Ulysses was a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, whole weekend was fun. Yeah, and then SummerSlam uh, 2016, we were flown out to New York by uh, 2K Games, WB2K. Uh, just a great weekend. Yeah, we weren't very good at interviewing, still had a good time. Be able to sit up in the in the luxury box. Taking SummerSlam 2016 was awesome. Hanging out with Craig, mm-hmm. um, and this is a f- the first time. Well, not necessarily the first time, but it was it was it, we got a we got to meet it or hang out with a lot of people in the 2K yeah sphere.
2: Yeah, that's a good point too. And yeah. we don't
3: really get to see him that often. I know we don't. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the first PWG show we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, only kings understand each other i believe it was sounds called. right yeah um the first and last or the first and now uh it was one other time he went but whenever we'll go to that that uh that uh vfw hall ever again
2: mm, i know i know i'm glad we got in recita so i'm glad we got to sneak those in yep great show uh
3: another text question from Luis arise what move do you guys always pop for uh, Luis loves a good phoenix splash spanish fly and destino he's 100 right about spanish fly yeah, that's on my list for sure. Um, Spanish Fly, second rope pile driver. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I don't care. When Okada does a Rainmaker, yeah. It's hard for me not to scream Rainmaker at yeah, the top of Yeah,
2: that's true. I pop big time for the Spanish Fly. Um, I pop oh I always pop for a Canadian destroyer. They just look so cool. Yeah, cool. How do you cool. not pop for that? Yeah, you got to pop some. I'm a big fan of that. Um, trying to think if there's anybody else that I like really pop for. Um Judas Effect. <laughs> yes, I do scream for the Judas yes. Effect. That is totally true.
3: Final text question from the Hadley Doodly Champ. This question comes from hopeful future wrestler Maddie Light. Which NWO member would you trust to babysit your children?
2: Uh, all right, so I'm going to go. Let me see here. Let me just see who's on. I know my early answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, NWO members. But I'm going to go through and see if there's anybody I forgot.
3: All right, don't go to that first link. Go to the second one. Go to this link here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see Let's here. Just go through
2: the list. Scott Hall. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. Kevin Nash, yes. Yeah, maybe. I would trust Kevin Nash. Does he have kids? I think he's got kids. Maybe. I, I think He's been him. married for a long time. Hogan. No. No. Uh, DiBiase. Maybe. I don't see why not. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Big Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. For sure. 100%. 100% Big Show. Uh, NWO Sting. I don't know much about Jeff Farmer. I don't know anything about him, so no. He's a stranger danger. True, stranger danger. Fair enough. Uh, X Pac. No, not while well, I remember. He seems like a swell guy now, but not during his NWO days. No. Yeah, no. Uh, Vincent. No. <laughs> Miss Elizabeth. She's a woman, so yes, right. She seemed nice enough. Yeah, she seemed nice enough. She might be messed up, dude.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
2: You can say it. Well, I mean, she, she had was some heavy into drugs. Yeah, she was at least you know. She sp- might leave your kids.
3: Well, I didn't know if it was during the NW period. or was. It was just later on. I don't know. Uh,
2: Eric Bischoff.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make my kid join a motorcycle. <laughs> Eric gang.
2: Bischoff's a big fan of uh, my of, of gypsy of, of the dog that I have. Yeah. That breed. Yeah. So I'd consider it. All I'd right. consider. Bischoff. Well, maybe as a dog sitter then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh buff bagwell no no, no, no not, a not a chance mike wall street yeah he's raised some cool kids okay man. yeah fair point he's fair. got bray wyatt's his kid yeah Bo dallas absolutely 100 percent uh boss man i don't know anything I don't yeah know anything. stranger danger yeah he's not a real cop i don't trust cops anyways mm-hmm. scott norton seemed nice enough he seemed like him. a real he walked by me at
3: starcast and did this it was very warm. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, to I'm Scott gonna say Norton. yes to Scott Norton. On top
2: of that, nobody's gonna fuck with my kid no. if Scott Norton's no. there.
3: Scott Norton actually seemed like a really sweet dude. Yeah,
2: Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah, no. no, a little weird. He seemed a little unhinged. Conan. I feel like this is one of those RF ones with, <laughs> like the who's a dick and who's not. I know. Would you let? I don't would, know. Would you let your kids? Would you leave your kids? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say I don't know. I mean, he got he he got shanked. That wasn't real, man. That was all storyline. Mister Perfect. So he also had a drug issue. Yeah, probably not. Then probably not. But McGillicuddy seems cool. Yeah. Rick Rude. Mm, probably not. I don't know. That's a maybe. Louis Piccoli, mm-hmm. Stranger Danger. Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. I'd let Dusty. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. Brian <laughs> Brian Adams. Probably not. Stranger Danger. Scott Steiner. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. The disciple. No. Uh, the Beef Beefcake. Beefcake. He's a move We'd around. we met Beefcake. But Kay. he hasn't moved around too well these days. <laughs> he, wouldn't know her, yeah, he wouldn't he know seemed her. Like he seemed
3: really sweet, like a really, really, a really guy. I wouldn't put guy. him through that. I wouldn't no, want to put him through that. He just seems like his, his body's taken a lot. Stevie Ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck Absolutely. yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I would hope that he would somehow influence my child to be even cooler than she is right now. Horace Hogan. No. Stranger Danger. Lex Luger. No. I don't think he can handle it like no. he's frail. Sting. Yeah. Steve Borden? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm with that. Disco Inferno. Not no, a chance. No, Stay no away, chance. dude. David Flair. Mm-mm. Stranger Danger. Don't know anything about him. Tori Wilson. She seems sweet. Yeah, she seems sweet. I'll say definitely yes. Bret Hart. No. <laughs> no? No. I would totally let Bret. Absolutely. Put my kid in the sharpshooter. Hey, what are you doing over there? Get away from the TV will poison your mind, you know. <laughs> Come here, I'll teach you how to do sharpshooter. Yeah, I'll start stretching your kids. <laughs> oh, well, that? she needs a little toughness in her life. Slap nuts, Jeff Jarrett. No. <laughs> Ron and Don Harris. No. <laughs> Not a chance. Medeja. Stranger Day. I don't know anything about I her right anything. now. I don't know anything about her. Who is Tylene Buck? I vaguely remember her. Is she like Miss NWO or something? Maybe no. I'm gonna say no. I don't even know. Who he is. April Hunter. Don't, Sounds familiar. Yeah, it does. But I don't remember. But no, Stranger Danger. Pamela Paulshock. What is this? Well, go to the very bottom. Booker T. Booker T. Hell yeah. Booker T. Of course, Ric Flair. No, no, not even no, no, no. And then HBK, Shawn Michaels. These days, yes. Yeah, in that period of time, yes. In his in his DX days, no. I cause I, for all of these, I'm I'm thinking at their best. When they're when they're cleaned up, at their best. All right. So Shawn Michaels, yes. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. And that's it.
3: That's the show for today. Thank you everybody everybody for the questions and thank you everyone for sticking around, sticking with
2: us for five years. Yeah, we got uh, probably fifteen years more till we can like retire from this racket. Maybe 20? Yeah. Like 20 more years when we can retire? Oh, my God. we do this for 20 more years? Well, Lacey starts collecting retirement in 10. Oh, all right. So. (laughs) Odd. (laughs) All right. I'll be doing this for 30 years. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Until next time. Talk to you later. Bye.